Bill Waters Baptist Church. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in your place. Yes. Church members, thank you. It's a great crowd. We've got two pastors here. Brother Kojak and Brother Jeff. Thank you, men. And then I guess we could count me and you, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, Griffey. Brother Griffey. And uh, so good to be here. And I just bless the name of God. You can be seated if you want to. Amen. I want to talk a minute if that'll be all right. And I'm a pastor. I'm an evangelist tonight with a pastor's heart. Yeah. Amen. God honors sacrifice. Yeah. I'm looking, Brother Josh. And some there's somebody on every pew. Boy, don't that help you. Oh, yes. I preach to <laughs> seems to be more empty pews. But I'm glad we're preaching to full pews. Amen. Ain't that good? Don't take it for granted. Amen. Do you ever feel like sometimes your pastor has a strong hand? Do y'all ever feel that? Be thankful. Amen. I mean, be thankful. Oh, yes. Because we're in such an hour of compromise. And if you'll ever get a hold of this little truth, it's really not the strong hand of that man. It's a strong hand of the man. If it'll ever register to you that God is that interested in you. You. You have to correct children. And I'm glad there's correction in my life that lets me know I'm a child of the King. Amen. Boy, I thank God for a pastor that I had that had a strong hand. And he had a soft heart. (laughs) Ain't you glad you got a pastor with a soft heart? Don't you know that when you go home, you know he loves you? Amen. I've come to help the church. I've not come to indoctrinate nobody. I've come to exhort and exalt our God. And let you know, you're going to be all right. (laughs) I've come to let you know that you don't understand life. And neither do I. And you think I got it all figured out. I don't. (laughs) But I'm on the boat. I'm on the old ship. I'm not the captain. Hallelujah. I'm just a sailor. And I'm glad I'm sailing home. Glory to God. Bless his name. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Psalms chapter 3. If you want to take a note or two, can write over the fly leaf of your Bible on those chapters. Psalms 1 is a road to success. Boy, ain't y'all been on a road. Yes, sir. I don't know how long the Lord's let me come, brother Josh, but it's blessing to see what I'm seeing. You know what I ain't forgot? Y'all reminded me of our place. See, you might have thought I forgot that. But there ain't been but a handful of places that's reminded me of our place. Right. So I know y'all are one crazy bunch of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. 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 And, uh, but boy, God, ain't it amazing what he's done? Amen. And uh, boy, Psalms 2 is a prophetic chapter. Christ coming and conquering and a conquest. And, uh, boy, read these psalms. And then we come to Psalms chapter 3. A psalm that we know what David was facing when he penned these words. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the song that was sung. It's, boy, the Holy Ghost orchestrates all this. I don't mean to sound probably the way this comes out. I've got a thousand outlines. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that, boy, I could just open my Bible without even notes. Right. And preach. But I don't want to do that tonight. Yeah. I've been asking the Lord, what do y'all need? Yeah, man. And uh, not what I want to preach. I'm more equipped to preach probably somewhere else. But I believe the Lord will have me to preach in Psalms 3. Amen. Let's just read through it maybe slowly tonight. And then I'll preach out of the eight verses wherever the Lord would have us to. Lord, how are they increased that troubled me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. I wonder if anybody ever looked at you and said, man, there's no help for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no, they've gone too far. I'm glad they was wrong. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. (laughs) My glory and the lifter up of mine head. Amen. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. Salah. Boy, anybody know anything about a hill that's real holy? Oh, yes. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. 
that have set themselves against me, round about me, round, set themselves against me, round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessings is upon thy people, Salah. God will help me tonight. I want to preach on this thought. Come on, preacher. Guarded by God. I don't have a lot of titles, so I'm pretty proud of this. Guarded by God. In this society that we're in, let me just let me pour my heart out to you. So you'll realize I'm I'm flesh. In the last two years or the last sixteen months for me. I've dealt to seem to have more fear at times than I did faith. We've all been in a shock since 2020. In reality, we lost a year. You and I referred to a last year when really it was pushing the year before with this corona. And I want you to understand it didn't take God by surprise. I have felt more unsafe in the last 18, 19 months than I have felt in my entire life. Unsafe. Unsafe. In fear. Afraid of disease. Don't y'all, don't y'all judge me until you spent Seven days on a ventilator. Don't judge me until you've had to lay in a bed four and a half months. Sorry to be so critical. The COVID nearly killed me. And was in a medical induced coma for five days. Over two weeks in the hospital. But I want to say God has touched me. Glory to God. I'm a, I'm a Bible-believing Baptist, but my God can still touch individuals. His healing is not in the hand of a man. It's in the Word of Almighty God tonight. My doctor will tell you that I was her worst patient. In the middle of that, over 300. And just a few months ago, she said, it's amazing you're my best patient. Wow. Amen. Amen. This thing ain't about me, but don't judge me when I tell you that I've been scared. I'm nervous and felt unsafe in society. And God put me in a basement for a year. And I want to thank God he put me in a basement yeah. for a year. Yeah. I've wrote piles of sermons. Right. I may never preach them, Brother Jeff, 
but he give them to me. Hallelujah. I may never, a matter of fact, I'd probably have to live two more lives to preach what the Lord has given me. And I believe every preacher probably ought to be that way. Amen. Amen. For writing the Word of God. Because when God lets you put a pen in your hand, He's putting it in your heart. And He's putting it in your head. And He's doing it for you. I say I'm glad God is interested in me. And so, David's in a tight place right here. My first little thought tonight of being guarded by God I need you to realize where David is. I could take you back to 2 Samuel chapter 15 through chapter 17 and show you that David's own son, Absalom, has turned against him. I can show you in chapter 17 that Ahithophel turned against him. I may not preach but one thought tonight. I've got about five or six. But I want to help you. David's own son, Absalom, betrayed him. Brother Vic, blood. I'm talking about my son. I just, I just, I, man, I just couldn't imagine that. Oh, it destroyed me. I mean, Brother Vic, you're sitting there with your son. Shouting and praying with him. <laughs> but the devil would like to destroy that. And uh, the devil, right here, he's your pastor. But he's your son. You're their pastor. But you're also their son. Are you all right? <laughs> Can you imagine how hard some shoes to fill? He has to be pastor here and son at home. Right? Yeah, man. That is right. That's some real big shoes. Oh, he can sit in your lap and you can hug him and cradle him at your house. But here, he's the supreme authority of a thrice holy God. You ought to pray for your preacher. He's having to fill some shoes that none of you will ever know what it's like to feel. Amen. That's right, preacher. His precious little wife has to share him with everybody. Amen. She does. Shares him with everybody. His children. His children have to share him with everybody. If this makes you mad, you're the one got the problem, not me. I'm just trying to help you. God's wanting to do so much with this little remnant of people in this part of Kentucky that it'll give all the naysayers. To go back up and say, man, we was wrong. Somebody help me. You ought to make your mind up not to prove them wrong. But to make the Lord look good. 
and to make God look good and to make Jesus be glorified and exalted. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Revivals are not camp meetings. We're just going to plow out a happy. And this Amy, God's got you. He's got you guarded. Sitting in the office some days back with some of our men that work with us. And at that time, one of our assistants was with us. And they began to add up the days that I was gone. In this particular year, I'd spent 267 nights away from my family. Are y'all listening? In motels and profit chambers and campers and RVs and whatever they could put me in. <laughs> I hope my little wife will get to be with me Thursday night because when we get to heaven, I'm going to have to sit down and God's going to stand her up. It's because she's had to shatter me with God's bride all over this country. But I'm come to tell you tonight, regardless of your life and regardless of your circumstances, and I want to say this, regardless of your issues. Has anybody got any issues? Y'all think y'all, y'all think a preacher ain't got no issues. I got issues. Oh, but I'm glad I'm guarded. Hallelujah. I'm guarded better than if there's a pit bulldog on a short chain tonight. I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. And the devil can't do one thing without permission from my heavenly Father. Oh, if we'll ever get a hold of this, the devil will not destroy nothing without God allowing him to do anything in the heart of any believer tonight. Pressures. I need you to understand that David had a pressure from his family. He had a pressure from his family. I've got family, and I got pressure from them because all my family don't like what we do. They don't like how we do it. They didn't like me correcting my children. I can stand before God. I've never abused my children. But they thought I did. You know, call defects on you. I don't know if y'all never had that. If you ain't, say amen. Church members get mad at you. I mean... I mean, I feel so much at home, I'm going to say this. Yeah, come on, if they old enough to set up in school, they old enough to set up in church. Is that okay? If a school teacher can make them set up and give them three to marriage and send them home with a detention, somebody help me. I hope I ain't crossing my line. And, and they got mad. Because when you're the pastor and your boy's down there blowing bubble gum, and sticking it on the pew. Right. And his mama can't see him. And I'm seeing it. 
I got to handle it right then. Right. Is everybody okay? Yes, huh? And can I say thank God children's in here. Yeah. And we're doing more harm to our children by allowing them to do as they please. Yeah. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. We got pressure from families. But I'm telling you, if you're honoring the Father, you better please God over pleasing your family here tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pressure from his family. What was so bad is when Absalom won the heart of the city. And thousands began to follow Absalom. Absalom wouldn't have known anything about leadership had it not been for his father. My father's 75 years old tonight. And can I go on record and say something? He still knows more than I know. When it comes to the facts and the things of life, my father knows more than I know. Is everybody okay? Amen. <laughs> In 75 years of living, you better listen to what a man's got to say. Amen. Amen. And he's not haughty. Now these 75 year old men that walk around haughty, yes. you better get a long ways away from them. But when you find a 75 year old with a tear in his eye yes. and a hand in the air and a desire to keep living for God, I'm feeling something on my own preaching. You better be glad, honey, for the old age, hoary haired saints of God. It's been guarded for years, my God. What they're saying in a small nutshell is everything's going to be all right. I can't tell you every storm I've been in. I can't tell you every temptation that I've had. I can't tell you every trial. But I will tell you that God is faithful. And God is true. I say glory to God. For the holy hand of children of God tonight. My father's taking care of my 74-year-old mother as a child tonight. He bathes her, he clothes her. He cooks, he feeds her. My mother can absolutely... Out of taking care of herself, she's probably at 5%. 50, 6 years of marriage. He can't tell me all of his ups and downs, ins and outs. And I say glory to God, they've been married longer than I've been living to. He's been guarded. Pressures of the family. David said... How are they increased that trouble me? Boy, what about that crowd that rises up against you? What about that crowd that says, man, there's no hope, no help for you? I'm glad they're wrong. (laughs) Who Who ain't made mistakes? 
Who ain't made a mess of things, Brother Dax? Who ain't let God down? Who ain't had sin invade them? But ain't you glad it didn't overtake you? <laughs> I got sin. Y'all may not want to hear me no more after this statement. I got sin knocking on my door. I got sin gnawing on my heels. I got sin trying to get its claws in me. Honey, but glory to God. How greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And sin ain't got to have dominion. Sin ain't got to take over. It may invade a little bit. But glory to God. According to the Bible, I'm glad he's exceedingly abundantly able to keep you and I from falling tonight. Somebody said, Preacher, I've limited myself from serving God. That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. Yes, sir. That's right. Grace is sufficient for every need. Yes, sir. I can allow sin to get in me that would deprive me of some of my service. That'd be my fault, not God's fault. Right. Right. Exactly right. Is everybody okay? Oh, yeah. I have a closet. Four walls of my heart. Mm-hmm. With a no trespassing sign upon it. Mm-hmm. Skeletons, brother Vic. Decisions I've made. Sin I chose to do actions I proceeded in that I wouldn't want nobody to know about. (laughs) Can I take y'all on a little ride in our mind about my room and your room? It's a dark room. It's a room with a lot of skeletons hanging in it. It's a room that I can look in and see all my sin. And when I go alone and I get defeated, I see it. But when I take my Bible and I go to the door and I open it up, guess what? There ain't no skeletons hanging in it. (laughs) All it is is a memory. But God's washed them away. Glory to God. They some of you say, I ain't looking in a room. I'm looking in a warehouse. What well, can I tell you? The sun will shine in the warehouse. And the sun will shine in the closet. My sins are gone. They're gone. Never to be remembered no more. I say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. So, 
Right. I ain't got no business talking about your sin. That's right. And you ain't got no business talking about my sin. Huh? Pressures from family. Number two, pressures from your friends. <clears throat> Devil will tell you, you'll never have no friends at church. He's a liar. Yes. Best friends I got go to church. Yes. Yes. What about a friend? Do you know who our Heathfield was? One of the mighty men of David. He was probably one of the greatest counselors David had. I would say that David had trust in him more than any others because of the relationship. Do y'all know who Ahithophel is? Yes. Huh? It's Bathsheba's grandpappy. I believe it was his, her grandpappy. And because of a sin, Ahithophel got a lot of bitterness. And when Absalom turned, Ahithophel turned too. He hung out at Absalom's house. Can you imagine the slang? Can you imagine the conversation of the son and the friend of the man of God? I need you to hear me and hear me well. I can't believe I'm about to tell you all this. I've had one of the Am I being Facebooked? I had a family hang the phone up on me today. Hurt my feelings. Church member. They're leaving wrong. I said, I'm just worried about you. I said, you ain't even been right with God now. Not even a month. And I said, we've prayed for you for years. Y'all yeah. know I'm talking about men of God. Yeah. I've labored for years when he was lost and going to hell. Amen. I'm talking about I got nearly 15 years invested in this man. They had him about a year saved. And then other pastors down the road are stealing sheep. Yes. Amen. Is everybody okay? Yes. Amen. Everybody okay? Preach. Preach. And the first part of the conversation was was how that he loved everybody and how everybody was so kind and so friendly and he don't want to leave, but he got to leave and and how he loved me. And then when I began to talk truth about him and tell him that two weeks ain't long enough to pray over leaving a church. That's exactly right. Two weeks ain't long enough to pray over God's will. Is that right? I agree. And for I felt that I felt the energy and the call turn. 
And then he went to telling me how hypocritical my people was. And said, they're all hypocrites in all them pews and and made mention of those new pews. We just put $80,000 worth of pews in our auditorium. And he said, all of them sitting on them new pews are hypocrites and hypocrites. Listen, son, they something come over me, cold jack, brother. Son, I could have whooped 12 grizzly bears, you hear me? I said, hang on now, sir. I said, you're not going to talk about my church. Is everybody okay? Oh, yeah. I said, now the conversation is changing. I said, that's the very place you got saved in. I said, them are the very people that fasted and prayed for you to get saved and get right with God. I said, you ain't going to talk about my church. I said, furthermore, it ain't my church. It's God's church. And if you'll entertain anybody talking about him or anybody talking about her, you better tell them, oh no, oh no, oh no. And here's how I'm going to have to do it. And then if you hear anybody else talking about anybody else, anybody y'all. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Huh? I mean, if there's somebody in here that wants to come in and say, well, she sung that song for an hour. Say, boy, it was good, wasn't it? Glory to God. And they say, well, I wish mine was, they say, oh, no. Oh, no. We're not going to talk about God's bride. We're not going to talk about God's beloved. We're not going to talk about God's brethren here tonight. You say, why? If there's not many of us left, the church of God has seems to be the minority. It's getting smaller. But one day we're going to be the majority. <laughs> Glory to God. Pressure is going to turn one day. I feel like the Lord said something right there. Yes, sir. Amen. One of the most dangerous statements you can say to your children about your pastor and your church is this right here. I don't see it the way he sees it. He may be absolutely wrong. You may not see it like he sees it. But when you say that, it puts a seed of doubt in these little ones' hearts. It says, well, if daddy don't believe him, I ain't going to believe him. So don't you get in the car and say, no, look, we like everything about that service, but this one thing. That one thing you don't like, keep your mouth shut. 
Because what you're doing is jeopardizing the eternal soul of your little children. Because when he gets up and preaches in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost comes deals with him, and he draws them to an altar, they'll say, I'm going to be like my daddy. I just don't think he's right. I just don't think you should say that. I just don't think they ought to act like that. Oh, somebody help me. You may not like it all. You may not be a shouter, but fan the fire. If you ain't got the power praying somebody else's fire. Because we're guarded. I'll just preach one of these points tonight. Can I get Brother Chris play soft for me? <laughs> I want to bear hug you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What's the Lord? That felt pretty good. Yes. That I got to call him up. Yes. I got to call him up. <laughs> Is that okay? Hey. Yes. Is that okay? I'm feeling pretty good about the matter. He labored for him too. He prayed for him too. I labored for him. Amen. I labored for you. My wife labored for you. Matter of fact, I'm laboring for some others, and I'll not call their names around here. But I'm 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 rejoicing. <laughs> Hallelujah. And them babies are going to be saved. Yes. And I don't care what the devil tells you, Sister First Lady of the Stillwaters. God's going to save all your babies. He's going to wrap you up so tight, pull you in so close if you'll just let him. When you're sharing God's man with everybody, he ain't forgot you. See, he can't be who he's supposed to be without you. You with me? He can't do what he's supposed to do without you. And when you see him hurt him so bad, just please, somehow, I beg my wife, don't get better. Just get better. And you may have already experienced this, but when they turn on your kids, and you want to kill them, don't kill them. Go tell God to kill them. He will. Don't ask me how I know, but he will. Oh, I'm being serious, Brother Vic. Don't ask me real close how much I know, but God will take them out of here. I left that man a voice today, a voicemail, with weeping. And I said, you may have hung up on me, you thinking, but you hung up on God. And I said, in the wrath of God to come to you. He called me back about 30 minutes later crying and wanting to repent. I said, you're forgiven, but I said, you're going to have to deal with God over this little deal. That happened today, friend. Matter of fact, it was the first time you called me. It was a 46-minute phone call. I couldn't answer. I wanted to answer you, but I couldn't. What I'm trying to say is, 
is you better not come against him. But watch this. You better not come against yourself. You realize how vital you really are at Stillwater's Baptist Church? I don't do nothing. Oh, is that right? You're a prayer answered sitting in a pew. And it may not be time for you to have a leadership position. It's always time for everybody to be led. And a real sheep will follow. And don't buck everything. And don't be a busybody. And don't call sister so-and-so to get sister so-and-so to call sister so-and-so to tell sister so-and-so what you think about Mr. So-and-so. I learned something in my marriage. If I'd just bite my tongue, me and my wife wouldn't argue near as much. And I found out when I started biting mine, she started biting hers. Oh yeah, that hurt. That's the truth. Because every time we'd argue, Brother Coach, that is over the most ignorant thing on planet Earth. Ignorant. And the same spirit will come down here on the bride of Christ and get you to argue over the most ignorant thing. I'm, I'm 40 minutes. I can't believe it. I need you to listen in my closing remarks. You know what you had last night? Wasn't it awesome? I want to ask y'all something. Can you imagine having last night with a hundred more people acting like y'all? Can you imagine? God let me live that. God's let me live the word come in in waves. And so what you had last night, everybody in here ought to join the pew ministry. Y'all remember the pew ministry? Pray God will send the first time attender to sit down right there where you're sitting. Pray tomorrow night that God will send somebody to sit down right there, son. And don't you come say that's my seat. You go to the bathroom, slam the door, kick the commode, turn the water on high and shout, and then come back out reserved. And shake his hand and come sit over here. And say, God, you know what you've done for me right over there? You know how you met me right over there? Do it for him. Do for him what you've done for me. And if you'll join the pew ministry and start praying, God, send somebody to sit down on your pew in your spot and you change and let God be God. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. And you'll say, are you going to pray me out of here? No. God will fill these pews. He'll give you a bigger building. And if God don't do that, don't be angry with him. You stay in your spot and you say, God, I need you to keep doing for me what you've been doing for me. And if you ain't going to send nobody to sit in my pew, let me stay right with you until you do. 
and then God, if you do move me in the middle or on the other section, just the main thing, Lord, let me stay right with you. Let's stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's fill these altars. Brother Chris is playing. How many of you can find a place and say, God, help me to realize how guarded I am due to the pressures of my family. My friend, I didn't even preach the phone business. That is the first point. The first two verses. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm the most favored preacher you've ever had. Thank you.